You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is the Reds Hot Stove Room. The Reds are on the radio. The Reds Hot Stove League is brought to you by the Holy Grail Banks Tavern and Grill, Beacon Orthopedics and Sports Medicine, JTM Food Group, MSA Architects, Thompson McConnell Cadillac, and by Document Destruction. The Reds Hot Stove League is also brought to you by... And this one belongs to the Reds! Reds Hot Stove League on the Reds Radio Network. And good evening, good evening, everyone. Welcome back to Surprise Arizona. It's another edition of the Hot Stove League presented by Budweiser. Alongside the Cowboy Jeff Brantley, I'm Jim Day. We remain here in the press box at Surprise Arizona after the Reds fell to the Kansas City Royals this afternoon. 3-2 to two the final score as the Royals punched across a run in the bottom of the ninth off of Cody Reed. So a mixed bag, Cowboy, uh, with pitching today. A second straight time that Cody Reed has uh, labored a bit. But Sal Romano got his second start and was fairly solid. Yeah, I thought Romano threw the ball well. And I think the the biggest concern for Romano is going into that third inning. And, and I and, and I think as, as you move along in spring training, it's just incremental. You move from... Two to three to three to four, four to five, and once you get around that five inning mark, then you start to try to manage your pitches. And even though Brian took Romano out in the third inning, he had reached his pitch mark, pitch count mark, and I just thought he handled everything well. I thought his breaking ball was awfully crisp. His fastball location got better as the game went on, and the the key for Romano that that everyone looks at on the coaching staff is his ability or his willingness to throw a changeup. I, I think he threw some changeups today. That's really what got him in trouble in the mm-hmm. second inning because he was trying to work on it, but then he was able to come back and limit the damage. Overall, Romano goes two and two thirds, four hits, one run. It was earned. He walked a batter and struck out four. We also saw the Reds' spring training debut of Oliver Perez. One inning, one run, a couple of walks. Uh, he was erratic today, uh, might be expected. Uh, first time out. Uh, we also saw Quackenbush today, Crockett, Mantiply, Austin Bryce threw the ball well today. And uh, we talked about Cody Reed, who gets the loss this afternoon, one and a third, and giving up that winning run. We're taking your calls, 513-749-1360, 1360 At the bottom of the hour, we're going to have an in-depth interview with Hall of Famer Joe Morgan. And if you've heard Joe Morgan talk baseball, you know it's a must-listen, and we look forward to that coming up. This battle for the rotation is really going to be something. Uh, it's a good problem to have, to have a, a lot of talented arms. If Homer Bailey's healthy, he's going to be in there. If Anthony DiScofani is healthy, seemingly going to be in there. Luis Castillo did enough last year. If healthy, he's going to be in there. Now, four and five, that's where the question mark comes in. 
Uh, Brandon Finnegan in the offseason, Brian Price says, has the inside track to to get that. Now, Finnegan is yet to pitch. He's going to pitch tomorrow in a simulated game uh, at the complex, so he's a little bit behind. Then you've got guys like Sal Romano, Tyler Malley, two outstanding outings so far. You've got Michael Lorenzen, who's starting tomorrow. Those would be your three guys maybe with the inside track at that. How do you see this thing shaking out? And Amir Garrett, I should mention him as well, Brian Price, singing his praises in his first outing. Yeah, I think the you mentioned it, and, and I'll continue to say this. I think competition is a, is a great equalizer, and it's a great asset for, for the Reds organization, not just in the rotation but in the bullpen and, and also in the outfield. And I think any time that you've got players from your minor league system or players that you have brought in that push your regulars to be at their best every single day, it affects your club in a positive direction. And I think that that's, that's really what the Reds have tried to accomplish over the last couple of years. But this is really the first spring training that here in the last two or three years where it feels like uh, there's some drive behind the players. And I think when you talk to some of these younger pitchers, uh, the guys that want it the most are the guys that are going to end up in the hunt at the end of spring training. Mm-hmm. And I think that that has nothing to do with velocity. It has nothing to do with service time. It, it comes from inside the individual. It comes from the heart. It comes from the belly. And, and I think we're starting to see some of that come out, and that that can only be a great thing. Brian Price uh, this morning was talking about the criteria of which he's going to decide his starting rotation, and he, he said you can't discount what they've done in the past. You want to see some growth out of guys. Uh, you certainly want to use the spring training numbers, but you don't want to get fooled in February or March. So it's kind of a blend of what you've done for me in the past and what you're doing for me right now. It's going to be a very, very interesting decision. I, I think you do take the, the past into consideration, especially when it's uh, really good or really bad. Mm-hmm. But I, I think what what you want to see with a guy that that has had some kind of ups and downs you you want to see some consistency in spring training. You want to you want to see some adjustments so that you have an idea or you have a good feeling going forward. Okay, this guy's made these three adjustments, so this is going to help him be better than what he was. Uh, for a guy like Homer Bailey, all you want to see is consistency. You want to know that he's healthy. Uh, we already know that he can pitch. We already know that that he's established himself as a as a big leaguer. But for some of the other guys, like let's just say an Amir Garrett, a Cody Reed, a Tyler Malley, what you want to see is is presence on the mound. Uh, We saw presence uh, with Luis Castillo last year. Not not just the fact that he pitched very well, but he was able to to handle that, that big league situation and didn't get overwhelmed by the third deck in the stadium. And I think when you watch Tyler Malley pitch, you would never know from one pitch to the next that anything's going on. And I think that is a phenomenal asset for a starting pitcher to have because he never gets too amped up and he never gets too depressed uh, in, a, in a ball game. And he's just the consummate pitcher. I really like that kid a lot, not just because he has great stuff, but because he handles himself so well in the ups and downs situation. 
The bullpen should be better going in on paper. At the back end, you've got one of the best in Rysel Iglesias. If Lorenzen doesn't make the rotation, he's most certainly going to be in the bullpen. They go out and sign Jared Hughes, David Hernandez, a couple of veterans that are really going to help and solidify that bullpen. And you'll have a couple of spots open, and the good news is you've got guys to choose from that have had the taste of the big leagues that are very talented, guys like Austin Bryce would be in that mix. We, had, we didn't mention Wandy Peralta, who's going to be your left-hander, who had a terrific season last year. Kevin Shackelford has a, a big arm. Um, so Zach Weiss has been coming through the system. You've got some guys that uh, are much better than last year going in on paper. Well, I think that when you, when you get to the 25, 26, even 27-year-old mark, and you haven't established yourself as a major leaguer and you're getting sent back to AAA, uh, it starts to weigh on you a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think that this spring training is so open, even with some of the veteran guys that, that you mentioned with David Hernandez and, and Jared Hughes. It, it's still open competition. And, and I think for a lot of the younger guys, they have. this is not just a spring training to – a camp to come out and, and get your arm ready and, and kind of work at your own pace to, to get yourself ready for the season. It's a competition, and mentioned this before, competition is a great thing, and I, I think it, what it does is it brings out the best in each individual. Sometimes it brings out the worst because guys fold. But what it does for Brian and, and for Mac Jenkins and for Ted Power and, and really for Dick Williams, it allows you to see guys in a spring training camp but yet it's a highly competitive camp, and that makes you feel good going forward. Yeah, and you've got guys, uh, non-roster invitees as well. Barrett Aston, uh, certainly in the mix. We saw Kyle Crockett today, a left-hander. Reds could badly use another left-hander in the bullpen. Jimmy Herget uh, has been a, a solid throughout the Red system. Kevin Quackenbush was effective here today. So you've got some guys to choose from, and uh, if you have a better bullpen, Tell you what, you got a much better chance. We are talking baseball, Reds baseball, taking your calls, 513-749-1360. More to come on the Reds Hot Stove League from Arizona, presented by Budweiser. You know it's big when the cowboy Jeff Brantley is sitting in on the Hot Stove League, <laughs> presented by Budweiser. We're in the press box here at Surprise, Arizona. And you can enter Scooter's Scooter Sweepstakes for your chance to win Scooter Jeanette's Yamaha Zuma 125 Scooter. You'd look good on that Scooter Cowboy, by the way, with the helmet on, looking good, as you would say. The one-of-a-kind Scooter was presented to Scooter in recognition of his five-hit, four-home-run game. Ten RBIs, that game as well, on June 6th. Only $10 per entry. All proceeds benefit the Reds Community Fund. See official rules at reds.com slash skewda. I wonder how fast that thing would go. I think we should find out. What do you think? Put that helmet on with, with the, you know, no, uh, j- just the helmet. Maybe one of those Harley helmets on you. Um, looking good. I get a ramp and let you and Marty lay down. And let me see if I can ramp over the top of you. <laughs> uh, it would be a big old bump if you hit me. Uh, this spring training uh, shortened as far not not the amount of games, but the preparation leading up to the games. Only four days from when the position players reported and the first game. 
Have you seen any difference in play here in the first week? You know, a, a little bit. I, I always believe that when you come to spring training, the hitters are behind the pitchers. It's very difficult to mimic uh, the pressure and the live part of hitting until you can kind of get into it. And you're seeing pitchers now, and, and really hitters, everybody comes to spring training now ready to compete rather than coming to spring training to get in shape. And, and I think that's a good thing. It helps guys get ready. The, the problem with it is if you, if you get ready too soon from a mental standpoint, really not the physical part, just the mental standpoint, if you get ready too soon, then the last week or so of spring training tends to be more of a mental downer and you enter the season on a lower note mentally rather than on the upswing. And it's it kind of, if you're a veteran player, you like a Joey Votto, you have to understand, okay, this is how I want everything to go. It's just a slow climb rather than get to the top quick and then start to go down mentally. Because you know at the end of spring training, these stats don't count. Mm-hmm. And you're going to start over. And the last thing that you want to do is is take your – Last 15 or 20 at bats thinking, well, I'm ready and I'm tired of being here in Arizona. You don't, you don't want it to be like that. It's, there's always got to be some semblance of competition, whether you create it in your own mind or not. And for the pitchers with so many talented arms in the system, man, you better go from the get go because there's not enough games for guys to start the game. There's just not enough innings to go around, and at some point they're going to have to shorten the leash here and start weeding it out quickly, quickly to prepare the guys that you're going to take north. Yeah, first impressions I think are, are huge, especially for a player that may not have been mentioned in that, that group that Brian talked about mm-hmm. prior to the time that we got here to spring training. But I, I genuinely believe that there are enough arms in this organization for for the Reds to be competitive, not just in spring training, but over the long haul of the season. What you look for is guys that continue to progress, continue to make adjustments to get themselves better. Offensively, this club uh, scored enough runs last year. Uh, we've got a lineup that uh, obviously it, uh, the Reds hope that Billy Hamilton can finally take this leadoff spot and run with it and, and have an above 300 on base percentage they would love it to be well above 300 on the on base percentage potentially you're looking at maybe suarez hitting second vado uh we've seen a little bit of a change with brian price's lineup here in spring training duvall hit cleanup most of the year last year you talk to scouts a lot of people look at him as more of a five or six hitter um so it's kind of interesting that scooter has been the cleanup hitter right now maybe the reds without that prototypical cleanup hitter right now the, the only thing that bothers me with Scooter hitting in the number four spot, that means he hits right behind what I believe to be the best hitter in the league, and that's Joey Votto. Mm-hmm. What, what that tells me is that every club that faces the Reds in a crucial situation, they're going to bring in a left-handed specialist, their best left-handed specialist, to face Joey Votto. If Joey walks, that puts Scooter, mm-hmm. the onus on Scooter Jeanette, and Scooter's numbers, career-wise, are much less successful against left-handed pitching than they are against right-handers. I would like to see, and then, you know, I'm not the manager, but if if I'm betting, I, I think it's better for this Reds club to have a right-handed batter behind Vado 
or a hitter behind Votto that is strong against left-handed pitching and make that other club switch, use two, burn up two relievers mm-hmm. when you when you come in to face a guy like Joey Votto with the game on the line. I, I just believe that anybody that hits after Votto has got to be able to hit left-handed pitching well. Four outfield rotation. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. You would like to see a platoon situation of righty-lefties, but we're talking about left-handed hitting Shevler, left-handed hitting Winkler, right-handed hitting Duvall, and a switch hitter in Billy Hamilton. Now, unfortunately for the Reds, there's only one prototypical center fielder in there. We've seen Shevler in center field. You know, he's had his ups and his downs in center field. So how do you see this shaking out? Brian Price says he's got enough playing time to keep all four happy, but at this level it's tough to keep guys happy. Well, I, I think the, the initial look at that from, from most Reds fans is, okay, well, Billy Hamilton is the guy that we're really looking at to, to make sure that he's doing what he's supposed to do, and that's why there's this four-man rotation. I don't, I don't believe that. I think the the biggest reason that the Reds have talked about running into a a four-man outfield rotation is because of the second-half drop-down on the stats of Adam Duvall. I think what the Reds are trying to do is to give Adam Duvall enough days off and allow his body to catch up, even even when things are going well. Mm Mm-hmm to allow him to be the kind of offensive force in the second half that he has been in the first half. And, and I think that by having a rotation of guys, you give him a little bit more uh, days off as far as his legs are concerned, and you're, you're able to do that, especially when it starts getting into the really, really hot months where he can be fresh. Will it benefit Billy Hamilton? I'm, I'm sure it will from a competitive standpoint. When you know you're being pushed for playing time, you have a tendency to turn your game up a little bit, or at least the guys that have that competitive urge inside of them, they want to be out there every day and want to be able to play. If Hamilton's not leading off, it would seemingly be Jesse Winker. Uh, he's a guy that works the count and gives you a professional bat. It's seemingly, at least in the young part of his career, uh, he would seem to be the guy that would lead off. Yeah, I think that you have interchangeable parts when you talk about Shebler and and Jesse Winker and and Billy Hamilton. Those guys can can play pretty much the the different spots in the outfield. But I haven't heard Brian really talk about wanting to move Adam Duvall out of the left field spot. Matter mm-hmm. of fact, I've, I think I've heard him talk against that. He only wants to play Adam in left field. So if you have Winker in the ball game, he can't play center field. So if, if Winker and Duvall are in the ball game, Winker will be playing in left. That leaves center field wide open, whether it be Billy Hamilton, whether it be Scott Shebler, or could be Ben Revere because he's on. We have signed him, and you never know how the spring is going to go for that guy. He's got a lot of big league time, and he's had some success. Some interesting decisions loom ahead. Speaking of Billy Hamilton, what does Joe Morgan think about working with him? What's he been working with Billy Hamilton on? We've got a treat coming up next. An interview with the Hall of Famer Joe Morgan as the Reds Hot Stove League rolls on from Arizona, presented by Budweiser. We're back on the Reds Hot Stove League from Goodyear, Arizona. Presented by Budweiser, I'm Jim Day, and our pleasure to welcome in Hall of Famer Joe Morgan, and many consider him the best second baseman of all time. Thanks for joining us. My pleasure, Jim, as you know. When you come out here to spring training, um, 
man, you're a baseball guy. Uh, does it does it revitalize you a little bit? Well, yes, I was looking forward to it. Um, look, baseball's in my blood. I love this game. I've been in the game a long, long time, and I found a lot of enjoyment out of just being around the baseball field. And it's been that way since I was probably about five years old. I just loved, you know, being on the field. You know, I was my dad's team's bad boy, you know, things like that. So baseball definitely invigorates me. You've got Cincinnati Red in your blood as well. Uh, there have been a lot of teams after you to get your knowledge, and obviously you have ties to the Houston Astros. But uh, you basically told people, listen, I'm a Cincinnati Red. I'm going to help the Reds. Well, not quite like Tommy Lasorda, but I do have red blood. No, I. Uh, this is kind of home to me, you know, a second home if you want to use that, be frank about it. I love Cincinnati. The fans have always been great to me. I love the town. Uh, as you know, I even chose to put my Honda dealership there. You know, I'm not someplace else, not in the California, but in Cincinnati. And, you know, I spend time in Cincinnati at my dealership. I spend time with the Reds. So, I just love everything about Cincinnati, and most foremost, I love the Reds because, you know, it's the greatest times in my life were spent in Cincinnati, you know, with the big red machine. So, I mean, you can never get away from that. Talk to Pete Rose this morning. I mean, you know what I mean? So it's part of who I am. You know, I talked to Bench a couple of days earlier. I talked to Perez a couple of days earlier. I mean, it's, it, it's not something that I just – do during the baseball season these guys are part of my life you know in the off season and and the reds are as well you know i talked to the ownership and people dig williams them in the off season and now that i'm here in spring training it's great you know to be around joey Votto and these guys because that i've been around for a long time mm-hmm. uh billy hamilton and i are you know we're striking up a friendship and you know we're learning more and more about each other and, you know, I've sat and I've watched all the games over the last few years. I watch on TV at home in California, even when I wasn't at the Reds ballpark. And, you know, I watch Billy. I've been sent tapes of Billy hitting. I was sent tapes of Billy bunting. And, you know, the bunting thing with me, I watched him and I, I really was kind of surprised because, you know, there are techniques. Fundamentals never change, whether it was when Pete Rose was hitting they're still the same fundamentals today, except the guys want to hit the ball in the air more, but that's another story. But, you know, there's little techniques you use to bunt that will help you, and Billy and I have worked on those, and I have to tell you, he he jumped in, you know, with both feet, and it's been proven that this is a better way for him to bunt, and, and it's worked for him so far, and he keeps – but you have to keep working at these things. You can't work – and I say, Billy, that's perfect, you know, today, but it's, you got to work every day. And hitting's the same way. You got to work. You got to work at it. You can't just hit and say, man, I feel good today and leave it alone. No, you have to keep hitting, keep hitting, keep hitting. So repetition, you know, I guess is a better way of saying it of, of anything, whether it's ice skating with the Olympics or whatever. It's, it's a repetition you have to do. And so that's the one thing that I think. You know, I'm trying to make sure that Billy and everybody else understands is you you have to just keep doing it over and over. There are some that would say that, you know, it's not a, a, a small sample size with Billy. Uh, perhaps he is what he is, but you see some tools in there, obviously with the speed. The defense is obvious, but you see some tools in there that uh, you think that he can make marked improvement. 
Well, there's no doubt. I mean, you, I don't like that, you know, although you're right, people say he is what he is. Maybe he's a 250 hitter. I watched him hit, you know, the last few days, and I looked at him. I said, man, how can you hit 250? I said, you're much better than that. He said, I agree. I said, we ain't going to hit 250 this year. Okay, so that's the first thing. I mean, look at it. Would somebody told you last year about Scooter, what would they say? Yeah. You know what I mean? Scooter got released, right, from a team that he'd grown up with and become part of. He got released. You know, Cozart, I mean, he wasn't that way all his life. After a while, you mature as an individual, both on and off the field. You mature as a baseball player. You don't just say, okay, after two or three years or whatever it is, that's what it is. No, it is what it is if you don't work at it. But if you work at it, you can improve in all facets of the game. Everybody can improve. I mean, let's face it, as good as Joey Votto is today, he wasn't that day, way, way the first three years or whatever. But he's worked at it harder than anybody maybe I know except Pete Rose. So you work at things, you improve what you do. You And all it is is if you improve what you're doing, your confidence level goes up. And everything on the baseball field is about confidence. You know, uh, if you don't walk with that swagger, that pitcher thinks I can get you out. But if I walk to that plate looking like and look at him and say, you can't get me out, guess what? I have the advantage. So it's about building confidence, and that confidence only comes from being successful, repetition, repetition. Man, I can do this. Now I just take that into the game with me. You know, you've heard guys on the golf course. Well, on the, on the practice range, you look great. He couldn't take it to the course, okay? Now, as a athlete, you have to learn to take it to the course. Well, he's been receptive uh, to the information you're giving him. It was obvious just uh, the, the bunts I've seen him lay down here at the complex as well as in the game that uh, he's obviously changed and also been receptive to a new bat, correct? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I would I would only suggest this to Billy because, you know, bats are personal preference. And the reason that I wanted him to change bats he was using, and this wasn't, Billy Hatcher has helped him try to change bats, get a little heavier bat and whatever. But he was using an R161. That's the Frank Robinson model. All right, the barrel of that bat is big, which is great, and the handle's a little thinner, but that also makes it top heavy. All right, so when you start to swing the barrel of that bat and drop, hit a lot of fly balls. I suggested, and again, it's only suggestions, that he use what, um, Joe Torrey, myself, guys used to use back in the day, it was a more balanced bat. It was an O1. It was a medium handle, medium barrel. So it's a, the balance lets the bat flow through the zone better. So I suggested that. Rick Stowe ordered about four bats, you know, with my name on them because uh, Louisville wouldn't make them. They made them for me. And they sent them, and I showed Billy, and he picked them up. And I have to tell you, I wasn't there the first day he used it. I was here, but I wasn't in the cage. He used it, and he came up to me afterwards. He said, man, I feel a big difference. I said, great. So um, he's been using it ever since. I watch him in batting practice. He's had some of the best batting practice that I've seen around here because the barrel of that bat will flow through the zone because of the balance and he understands that now you know it's a matter see it's not even a matter of saying do this do that it's a matter of explaining why certain things will happen and if you don't feel that happening well then it's not going to work okay but if you feel that happening part of it tells you man this will work so 
That's what he told me it'll work. And so it's been everything is working out great. I wish I'm not going to say I wish because I can't spend all my time down here. But, um, you know, more time I get with Billy, the better it's going to be, you know, for me and him. And, you know, we're going to work that out. I'm going home in a couple of days, but then I'll be back for two weeks later. And, you know, we'll just see how it goes. Well, obviously, uh, if Billy Hamilton's going, the Reds are going. So Reds fans are hoping for that improvement, no doubt. And uh, none better person to uh, pick the brain of than you. Uh, Speaking about this Reds team as a whole, you've been with the organization. You've seen the talent level. Uh, The talent level uh, seems to be a lot more arms, a lot more talent around here. Are you excited about uh, what the Reds have in the system right now? Well, I, I look at a, several guys. I can't tell you about the whole system, you know, because I don't see what's at double-A and A-ball, or as we used to call double-A. Um, the guys that I see here and the guys that I've seen perform in the big leagues, you know, uh, I was asked the other day which guy I thought could really make something, a difference here. And there were about four of us in the room. We all got to make a choice. My choice was Amir Garrett. And I'll tell you why. Because he's played big-time college ball, so he's not going to be afraid in the moment. He was pitching very well before he was sent down to the minor leagues last year. A lot of things happened. You know, he didn't pitch a a lot down there. He got hurt when he came back up. You know, it's just been a situation where things didn't go well. But if you think about how he started last year and how the season started, he was close to being the ace on the staff, all right? So... And he's left-handed. See, that's my real big thing. Left-handed pitchers, I think, because of the angles and everything else, if they can control the ball, they can do, you know, pitch well. And he has good control, et cetera. So I, I like Amir Garrett. I also like Sal Romano. I'm not talking about the guys who are already supposedly in the, on the rotation. I'm talking about guys that are outside. I like Romano. I like his makeup. We were back to the same thing, with, like I was saying, with Billy. Confidence is a big part of this game. I don't care who you are. If you don't think you can get a guy out, you're not going to get him out. And if you do, whatever. I always use the example, you know, I never looked at Bob Gibson when he was standing on the mound. Because if you look out there, he's going to look back at you, and he's going to, in his mind and his eyes are saying, you can't hit me. I mean, that was the truth. Other guys would say, man, how can you hit him? Look at him. I I don't look at him, man. You know what I mean? (laughs) But, I mean, that's part of the, the battle. You have to have confidence in your ability, and I believe that uh, Romano and Garrett have that confidence. Plus, I think Garrett, again, being left-handed, has an edge. But, look, those are not my decisions, but um, those are the guys that I see that are pretty good. Not to mention that the other guys aren't because, you know, Malley's good. All these guys are I – mean, I see something good in all of them. But, again, it's back to the real deal. Can you throw strikes and can you command this – the mound can you be the guy out there on the mound that tells the guy you can't hit me that's what that's what you need to have in the game today because guys are going up there just trying to launch and whatever and you can combat that if you know what you're doing always a pleasure joe man i could sit and talk baseball with you for hours and hours and hours and i know reds fans love it as well appreciate you being on the hot stove league well it's my pleasure and unfortunately i talk a lot so a lot of people (laughs) around here they talk to me and they say and they don't get away. they don't get to five words in then they leave. So That's it's the okay. way it should be, my friend. Thank yeah. you very much. Joe Morgan, Hall of Famer. It's the Reds Hot Stove League from Goodyear, Arizona. Back with more after this, and we're presented by Budweiser. 
Registration is now open for the official baseball and softball camps at the Cincinnati Reds this summer. Fifteen camps are scheduled and are open to boys and girls ages 6 to 14. A full list of camps and dates is available at Reds.com slash camps. It's the Reds Hot Stove League presented by Budweiser. Coming to you from Surprise, Arizona. With Jeff Brantley, I'm Jim Day. We just heard Hall of Famer Joe Morgan. Uh, man, how insightful is this guy? I could talk to ba- baseball with him all day, but particularly talking about Billy Hamilton, uh, you know, I asked him, some say Billy is what he is at this point in his career. He sees some things to work with. Yeah, I think when, when you talk about Billy Hamilton and the speed that he possesses, it's it. It, it fits in the same line with me when you when you talk about a pitcher that throws the ball 100 miles an hour, and most of the young kids that throw the ball real hard they 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 have control issues. So you you have a great arm, and, it, and it's your job as a coach and an organization to to help this kid rein in the strike zone. Same thing with Billy Hamilton. He has phenomenal speed when he gets on the base base pass he creates havoc i mean he make he embarrasses big leaguers on the base pass that should tell you the the kind of speed and all the reds fans have seen that they know the the problem with billy is control of the bat hit mm-hmm. being able to put the ball in play with consistency and feeling comfortable doing so there are different Changes, especially for a guy like Joe Morgan that has been around for so long and seen so much baseball, there there are different things that you can try, different different methods by which you can uh, come to the plate, whether it be the the size of the bat, whether it be the way you hold the bat, whatever those things may be. There are a lot of things out there that you can do, and you have to hope that some of the the veteran knowledge that that Joe Morgan has, and, and some of the other guys of Barry Larkin and guys that have been around a little bit, some of that knowledge will translate uh, into Billy being able to make some adjustments and hopefully help his game. Well, we've seen the adjustments. He's laid down a couple of bunts, and it's uh, like night and day from what we've seen. He's deadening the ball. You heard Joe talk about that top hand, uh, looser, not not much of a death grip on there, and receptive to using a new bat. Yeah, I'm surprised, and, and you were talking to me about this, about the top hand for Billy. He's always held the bat real tight, and I was never taught to bunt that way. Well, he, no one had ever told him. That's the, the shocker to me is he said no one has ever. Now, it, this is Billy saying this. Whether someone's told him or not in the past, I don't know, but he says no one's told me that. He was shocked when he first did it, and he's deadening the ball exactly what you want. Well, there there are a lot of things that you can tell someone, and sometimes it goes in one ear and out the other, and you may not understand it, but the bottom line is, You've got to figure out a way to execute the proper fundamentals of handling the bat, especially when it comes down to bunting. Well, we hope it translates translates on the field in the regular season. We've got more to come. It's the Reds Hot Stove League from Arizona, presented by Budweiser. We're back on the Reds Hot Stove League from Arizona, presented by Budweiser with Jeff Brantley. I'm Jim Day. The Reds fall to the Royals today. It's back home tomorrow, and... Michael Lorenzen makes his second start of the spring. Very interesting case. Um, giving him a shot as a starter. He's been earmarked for the bullpen. Um, what do you see? I, I, you know, I, I've called him a long shot, but I'm not sure he's so much of a long shot just because of the repertoire he has. Do you like Michael Lorenzen? I, I love Michael Lorenzen. And the reason that I love him is he has something that you can't teach, and that is confidence 
and aggressiveness when he's on the mound. You you can't teach confidence. It, it comes with with playing, and some kids are just born with it. But but Michael has that ability to to adjust on the fly. And I told Marty before his first start. I said the key for Lorenzen is being able to throw a changeup for a strike. That will allow him to not have to work so hard with breaking ball, with the curveball and the slider, and have to force pitches. Sure enough, his first outing of the spring, he threw three changeups, two of which were swing and misses, and that really opened my eyes as to the ability of Michael Lorenzen. One of the hardest workers uh, that, that I've seen as far as a, a pitcher, I, I think that all of the aspects of Michael Lorenzen's physical talent would tell you that he can start. The bottom line is being able to compete and put some numbers up here in spring training and make the Reds put him in the rotation. Well, it's going to be interesting. If he doesn't make the rotation, he will certainly be in the bullpen and will be a member, if healthy, of the 2018 Cincinnati Reds. Enjoyed it, partner. Thanks for hanging out with Bob Stobley. Thank you for joining us out there. In Reds country, we'll be back next Wednesday with another edition of the Reds Hot Stove League from Arizona. For Jeff Brantley, I'm Jim Day. So long, everyone. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team.